Good morning, America, because uh, Amy and TJ are alcoholics. Um, <laughs> uh, that's but you know they don't work for ABC anymore, but they drink alcohol like it's one, two, three. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, so apparently Amy and TJ, you know, the old star-studded, famous divorce slash affair. Between newscasters, right? News anchors. Um, I, you know, I remember watching Good Morning America. Now, look, I mean, it's old story. I think it's been a year or two since they were, you know, fired or whatever. But, you know, they have a, you know, just like everyone should have. They have a podcast with the clever name Amy and TJ. You know, they had all... They had all this planning, you know, they were professionals in the news industry where it's about click clicks and stuff, and they really thought, you know what's the best way to get this podcast off the ground? Is let's just name the podcast Just Our First Names, because we are that special. Um, but yeah, apparently I found out about this show because they decided to post an episode about themselves having a, in the middle of an argument about, you know, their relationship issues. But, you know, those always air out well. Uh, and uh, it's just a whole basic nonsense of, she, you know, she says, oh, you know, we sit with each other in silence and sometimes it's just too much silence. And he's sitting there is like, really? Because when I'm there, it's opposite of silence. You won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> he didn't say that. But you can tell what he was insinuating to. He's like, this is just how I work, right? And this is why you uh, maybe don't work with someone that you are married to or together with. Um, never works out well, especially when you're both are financially binded by the singular show. Cause it's one thing when they both work, they, you know what they thought? They really thought like, Oh, we work together at ABC and good morning America. It'll be no different here. Yeah. Except now you don't have someone else cutting both of your checks. You know, one was probably getting paid more than the other. And now you both are doing this one show. Where it's just you. And no one gives a fuck about either one of you. If it wasn't for your affair. No one would give a fuck. Which you know what the weird part about their whole affair. Is that apparently. Their married counterparts. Are quote unquote. They weren't married. They were separated. But they probably weren't. Um, apparently. Their ex-spouses slash partners. Are now together. Which there's no reason why they would be together other than the fact that the other people are together. And they're just trying to be like, we're going to last longer than you. And, uh, you know, maybe her issue with him is that he wouldn't last longer. And, well, I got to be honest, that Amy, she she used to be the weather girl for Good Morning America. And then they tried to make her like a news anchor. And she just kind of looks like a bitch. I'm sorry. And I don't mean like she looks like a bitch. I mean like her attitude is just like, gosh, she must be a bitch to work with, you know. And I know that's not right to say. But look at her. You, you'll know what I mean. But the most fascinating part is I found out through watching, I think, Megan Kelly or something. And she was in there going through old clips of theirs or of their podcast or something. You know, they just basically talk about themselves, their lives, how important they are when when you realize you're not part of a big-ass, multi-billion, trillion-dollar network. You realize no one gives a fuck about seeing you. Um, <laughs> um, because the hosts in there, the people on the show, they're so interchangeable. You have your faces of the show, but... You know, everyone's replaceable. Everyone thought on the Today Show when Matt Lauer decided to, you know, fuck every intern that, you know, wasn't Meredith Vieira, Savannah, Guthrie, who he wouldn't fire. How do I know so much about the inside of these news networks? 
it's like the gossip of like, oh, he wanted Savannah fired. And then on her last day, he was sitting there like pretend like, you know, it's going to be so hard to lose you. And she was looking like, yeah, I bet it is, Matt. And then a year later, he has all this controversy comes out. It's funny how ABC was willing to expose Matt Lauer's dirty laundry, but they were withheld. They were withholding Epstein's dirty laundry. I mean, at least Matt Lauer was doing it with girls of age, um, <laughs> relatively. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. But apparently they have, during a certain part of their relationship, or typically, they can have up to 18 drinks a day. I don't know if that meant combined or singular. She said they have 18 drinks a day. I think she met, she has 18 drinks a day. Which I don't think people realize. I don't care if it's mixed drinks or beer. Having 18 drinks a day, you, you would literally be a drunk every fucking day. I highly doubt she's drinking 18 drinks a day. But if she's drinking 18 drinks a day, only someone that would say that on a podcast with any type of money could say that shit. And someone would be like, oh... You know what? They're just in a different phase of their life. It's like, no, you're unemployed. Like, <laughs> mixing 18 drinks a day with a podcast named Amy and TJ, being unemployed, fighting with your partner named TJ, um, probably not a recipe for success. But, um, yeah, they're alcoholics, and but we're more worried about their marital like, I don't even know if they're married. They might as well be. Um, but yeah. I'm just going to start the podcast now. Well, I already started. But yeah. Welcome to episode 258 of the Off Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Most important, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to suck some titties. And... I don't know, maybe the second most important thing you could do in your day is try some magic mind. Um, <laughs> first, make sure you get your natural, you know, breast milk. Be like that guy who, it was like a story that actual news network did. They're like, you know what? We need to spice up the, we need to spice up the news cycle. Let's do an interview with a couple where the guy's addicted to breast milk. And his wife's jugs look like a guy that was addicted to breast milk. Um... <laughs> You know, shout out to her, you know, showing love for the family. Now, that's called doing anything for your man. Um, <laughs> I mean, they seem to have a normal household other than that, you know. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But if you're not sucking some titties, how about you go to magicmind.com and get some Magic Mind products. These these great nootropic drinks. Uh, they have a few different flavors. You get a six-pack for a discount on Amazon for $29.99. Yes. It's a pretty good deal, guys. You get 12 packs, 20, 30 packs. I would always recommend starting with the smaller. See what you'll see if you like them. Um, but yeah, Magic Mind is a sponsor of the program, a very proud sponsor of the program. And I wouldn't recommend to you guys if I didn't like it. Uh, I drink them over the last three or four episodes i've drank them before every episode and it makes a great great difference compared to as you guys seen i was drinking these energy drinks all the time drinking these high caffeinated coffees with creams and sugars and the caffeine's great but all the extra stuff in it slows you down makes you feel a little less good and it actually makes you feel like you need more caffeine than you need well these potent shots with actual good nootropic uh, ingredients, quality ingredients, by all means, guys. It's a quality product. It has been a product that has been promoted and it's a product that has been shown on much bigger platforms. So, trust me, they decided to give me a platform to promote their product. So, you know what? I'm going to do them a favor and um, I'm going to put a link, uh, put a link for. For you guys to order the product in the description, guys. So, please enjoy the product. Please go try it out. Support the show. Support the boy. It's my first sponsor in this program's history. And 
Hopefully, it'll be my first and last sponsor. Because hopefully, it's a lifetime sponsor. Hopefully, the company grows so fucking big that they just increase the revenue to my bank account as well. All right? But no, in all seriousness, go try some Magic Mind. And as my... If I was in charge of marketing, I would say, as I've said in every episode, oh, <laughs> uh, give her a magic mind from behind. <laughs> All right. This is why I'm not in charge of creative marketing. But yeah, back to the show. And I'm snapping, since I don't, since this is an unedited podcast, I'm snapping to pretend that we're, uh, you know, going back to a regular program, but it's just a continued program. But yeah, uh, welcome to episode 258 of the Off and Beat Podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell. I am recording this just after midnight on January 29th, 2024 at 12.17 p.m. Eastern. Um, yeah, uh, things are going good, I gotta say. Uh, it's... I enjoyed my weekend. Um, it's actually nice, you know. You know, a struggle I think a lot of us fall and we think like anytime we have our off days, anytime we have time, we need to maximize that time to just work on things that aren't work, quote unquote. And you know what I did? I actually just kind of did not nothing, but I didn't feel the pressure to do something. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's okay to just do nothing. You know, you don't have to drink 18 drinks a day. Um, <laughs> God, that shit is crazy. If I just wanted the audacity, be like, you know what? We go for a morning run. We do like a half marathon. And then we just always stop for beer. It's like. That's not a, uh, that's, that shouldn't be an everyday occurrence. I'm sorry. But you know, look, I don't know. Maybe the argument could be made that how is that different from someone having a normal routine of getting coffee or having a routine of go picking up a breakfast sandwich somewhere or someone that has a routine of doing something that's not really healthy, but it makes them feel good, right? I'm not part of the anti-alcohol group, right? I think... Alcohol is this beautiful thing that, like anything, if it gets abused, it could fuck up your life. But if used with proper discipline, if used with proper control um, and proper enjoyment, it can enhance life. And like some, sh- and one thing I will say, she said, it just makes life more fun. And you know what? That is true. But it seems like you and TJ's problems, based off the stuff you're saying in your podcast, it doesn't seem like it's making your life a whole lot of fun. Sounds like you're drinking to, you know, minimize the distance, to minimize the silence. Maybe you guys need the drink to feel excited for each other. Maybe it makes you forget how unexcited. Because the affair was more nice than the idea of the affair may have been more... Uh, enjoyable than what the reality of how you guys work together. I don't know y'all's life, but I wouldn't think doing starting a podcast with someone that I've been with for a year or so that started off in the way it did is probably the best way to do it. But maybe doing the podcast is a way to show that this this was worth it. This was worth alienating my relationship with my kids. Being seen on hot, sexy beach photos on the internet with this strange guy I work with. Because you know what happens now? Now that all this stuff is out there, people pull up old clips of when you guys were doing the news together and your chemistry is so undeniable. And then when certain topics come up, all of a sudden it gets really nervous between you two. Um, And people point that out and the internet has a field day with it. But you try to make this Amy and TJ kind of look like the cover kind of looks like that movie. Was it Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn and like Reese Witherspoon on the cover? Like you guys think you're that fucking important? Like, you know what? I don't know. Like the arrogance you have to have to start a podcast is fucking 
pretty arrogant, if we're going to be honest about it. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, from you, from both of you kind of, uh, I don't know how to say it. They're both kind of these obnoxious looking ass people, right? Ever just see two people and you're like, wow, they must be obnoxious to be around. And they seem like two people that are very obnoxious to be around. Like all they do on the news, when you break down what newscasters do, news anchors do, all they do is read the news and you know, the beauty of everyone likes unbiased news, but also makes it where people have no personality, no real personality. There's nothing interesting about people just reading a prompter or reading stories, giving no real opinions. Because, you know, I think when you get used to doing that for years and years and you get paid to do that, you feel like, oh man, the world needs to hear my opinion, my thoughts. But even when you have your own show and even when now you have this free reign, the your freedom of speech and the freedom to say what you want, uh, you realize that uh, a lot of people may not be on your side when it comes to your opinion. Because I think the people get so much favoritism. They get they People get used to being liked. Like being a news anchor by design is going to make you feel liked. The whole thing is you're spreading the news, right? You're telling good stories, heartwarming stories about, oh, this grandmother in Lake Stevens, Pennsylvania, you know, she ran, you know, she mowed these eight people's lawns who were struggling with cancer and she did, and she uh, started to go fund me and raise $100,000, gave it all back and now they're all cancer free. You're in charge of that story. You're the face of the news report of that story. People think you're a good person. Then when you then when you report a bad story, people see your somber tone. People see how the seriousness of you like, hey, this is very serious stuff. Like, and now that you have your Amy and TJ, um, <laughs> people realize how uninteresting and how how much you actually really don't care about genuinely how much you don't actually like have a heart how much you don't have a soul how much you are used to trying to appease the masses because you know there was actually this leak thing where she did an interview with some some i don't know other like spanish news network or something but she didn't know the cameras were on maybe it was after the interview or in between on commercial and she disclosed, which I don't know why you would say this, even if the camera's not on, there's a camera in front of you. It could potentially be on. You work in a news studio. You know, you worked in a news studio. You know that everything you say on a studio, on a set, can be recorded. Like, you know, every public bathroom you shit in, you can be recorded. Not legally, but you will be recorded. And the fact she's out there, like, really thinking she could just say, like, now we we've had this Epstein. This was years. This was some time before the Epstein story broke or after. She's like, we had this story for months, for years. We had this story for years, and then ABC wouldn't let us report it. Maybe that's probably why she actually lost her job. Um, and it may be because she disclosed that maybe the affair. Was actually the car like ABC knew about it, and then maybe ABC put that shit out there. So like, hey, this is a bad image for us. We're letting y'all go. Um, <laughs> which actually, I think she stayed working for a while after. But yeah, any jizzaboo. We had eighteen drinks. Uh, those were the days. I know, like, who has time to drink 18 drinks a day? Like, you know. 18 drinks, but can't spend 18 minutes with your children. Damn. Alright, that was a little harsh. Alrighty. But yeah. She's a cunt. Uh, 
she's got a rude introduction to the podcast game. Which maybe all that stuff was just scripted. Maybe all that stuff was planned to get outrise, outrise to gain attention to their podcast. Because I never heard it. I didn't know they had a podcast together. And I'm not going to shame people for not, for not knowing that people have a podcast. But I definitely didn't know <laughs> they had a podcast. I didn't think their answer to... We lost our job on the biggest news network in the world. The thing that got us fired, let's just double down and make this show. I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. Um, But, you know, good for them, right? Good for them. Uh, so what's popping out there? Oh, Jack. I'm feeling hard on the low. <laughs> oh, what's popping? Brand new skirt. That's what's topping. I got options. Oh, I could pass that all you can eat Olive Garden pasta. Like Austin. That didn't make sense. I once had a friend who had an ex-girlfriend named Austin. Um yeah, she she used to cut herself and shit. Um, <laughs> why did I say that? Oh, you need to cut it. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't have to make suicide trendy or try people to make people feel bad for your issues and then uh, make people feel guilty where the way they have to break up with you is sitting in your car for six hours to make sure to not kill yourself while I'm leaving you. Um, <laughs> it's crazy how this works out here. It's a real story. Not for me. I would never do anything to make a woman want to kill herself. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, she would only do that to me. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. But yeah, now nah, you know what? Too many people out here just uh, want to use threats. I don't want to say empty threats because I would never want to say that someone that would say something like that. Wouldn't do it. What I will say, I do think people use certain leverage advantages to not feel quote unquote lonely in this world. Um, I'm lonely if you are. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's like, you know, guys can use the whole thing of, oh, you know, it's just. No one cares about men out here. And I guess there's another woman not respecting a hardworking man. It's like, you worked 37 hours this week. Relax, bro. Um, <laughs> you left work early because you got a cut in your thumb. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there'll be women that will, you know, say, hey, fine. I'm not going to return your car. And if you try to sue me, I'm just going to kill your baby. Um, not like the baby that's born, but you know, fake that they have a baby. Um, I'm not saying that's a true story. All I'm saying is it's a true story somewhere. Um, <laughs> just cause some, here's the thing, right? Anything you think in your head, it's a true story cause it's happened or it's happening. It's happening right now, or it's going to happen tomorrow. It will happen. Whatever you have thought. Something out there is happening. Um, I th I actually once this this is true as well. All of it's true, but not true, but also very true. I once had a friend who was seeing a woman, and she legitimately was five months pregnant. They just started talking a week prior. I don't know why someone would want to date someone who's already halfway through a pregnancy and think like, you know what, this is the time that she needs to find her true love or, um, it just kind of doesn't really make sense to me. You know, that's not the type of baby bumping I want to be a part of. Um, I want to be the reason the baby's bumping, you know, it's kind of weird to be inside of something that. The reason why it's shaped the way it is is not because of something you did. But, you know, hands on your knees. Shave that ass for Drake and shave that ass for me. 
Which, by the way, if I'm ever in a club with Drake, I don't care who you're shaking that ass for. Um, <laughs> just bounce that shit like, whoa. <laughs> bounce that shit like, whoa. Because, you know what? I may laugh now, and I may cry later. Um, <laughs> uh, Jesus. But yeah, you know, prostitution, being a spa worker, must be beautiful. Um, I actually, uh, I, this just shows how fucked up my algorithm is, which I don't think it's really fucked up, because you know what? A couple million people have watched this video. You can't shame someone for watching certain subject matters when there was 2.6 million people that watched the same video. Um, <laughs> I watched this video of this uh, ex-spa worker, which, you know, caught my attention. I'm like, spa, hmm, you know? It's, uh, look, well, we know the stereotypes. Spas, massage places, quote-unquote. Like, unless you go to one of these big La Vida corporations, you know, you you know what's on the menu, you know? You know what's possible on the menu, right? So, but that's the thing with these spas, these massage places is, it seems like they're not just the typical, all right, here's a little extra of this, and you go about your day. It seems like uh, it's turned into more of a, like one of those brothels, you know? Um, one of these places where it's like, all right, I understand it's a special spa, as they say. But she was describing how, like, literally guys will come in there and be like, I want you to piss in my mouth, slap me in the face, spit in my face, but don't look in my face while you're doing all this, and call me the worst names you could think of that demean my being. I'm not here to shame people that are into that, even though I think you should probably see someone, and it's not a spa worker. Um, <laughs> first of all, if you ever want to be spit in the face, I'm sorry, I don't care what you're into, I don't care how you want to rationalize of what it may connect to the being kinky. You you just need to stop. I understand all the other stuff, but being spit in the face, there is nothing sexually good feeling about that. That is just like that that is the biggest self form of hatred. Unpopular opinion, but I think most people agree. I understand, you know, you want to get fucked in the ass. As a guy, well, I shouldn't say I understand that, but I understand people that may want that. I understand the desire, what you're into. That's fine, you know, but, you know, strap on, strap off, you know. Some guys keep different straps on, you know, to each their own. Uh, uh, why feel stripped when you can feel strapped? Saddle on the back and sea biscuit. Oh, I see the biscuit, and damn, you're pretty dry. Here's some lube. Um, <laughs> oh, someone needs some lubricant to hear this part. But yeah, I just, you know, I've never, I, I've never had that internal desire, even the loneliest parts of my life, to go pay to have any sexual advances done. Like, I, I'm not here to shame guys that pay for prostitutes that, you know, pay for favors or even will pay to go on a crazy date with a girl that they know would not give them the time of day if they weren't taking them to certain places and they may get some return. I wouldn't even shame that because you know what? At least you're, you know, trying. At least you're trying to put some forefront effort into something. At least it takes time. At least it takes you to actually have to put something of yourself out there. But, you know, to go to a spa and be like, to think of all the places, like, you know what I'm in the mood for? I want to get fucked in the ass. I want to be spit in the face. I want some girl, I want some 22-year-old girl to tell my 38-year-old divorce with three kids ass that I am the biggest piece of shit on earth. Um, and... The number one place to go do that is a spa. Just because something is available 
at a place doesn't mean you should go to that place, you know? Um, like, look, you can get groceries at Target. But is that really the first place you're going to think of going to get some groceries at? No, like, honestly, Target is like... If like Walmart, Kroger, Publix, Ralph's, uh, Food Lion, Food Depot, if all those places have just shut down, under construction, remodeling, go under foreclosure, and Target is the only place in the world you could get groceries, that's the only time you go to Target to get groceries. Or if you need one of those big ass Stanley Cups to freaking mog a bitch over. You know what? Um... <laughs> Some, uh, you know, something about bitches and cups that have handles. I don't get it, you know. That is a, like, this whole Stanley Cup. I kept hearing these Stanley Cups. I'm thinking, like, what kind of fucking brand can name some after the hockey championship trophy? Like, the audacity of someone be like, hey, guys, I got a great idea. What if we just create some, what if we create a cup, an insulated cup, a thermal insulated cup with a handle. My thing is, how come no fucking cups have ever been made with a handle? Genius on this guy for being like, hey, you know if we just put a handle on this? It'll be too much to handle. Um, <laughs> and people are reselling this shit for 300 bucks in some cases because the second they put them out, people are waiting outside. Like it was, like it's back in 2011 when Modern Warfare 2, World at War, when the Call of Duty frenzy was going, when you actually had to go and buy it, the whole midnight thing, skipping school. People were just waiting for Target in line for like nine hours when they opened at 8 or 9 a.m. for these fucking $22 ass cups that you could probably just order from Amazon. But, it's, you know, I think some people like the appeal of Physically beating the living shit in just like boxing a bitch out when she's trying to get that beige pink cup, you know? Um, I'm surprised someone hasn't, when they're, you know, attacking the cup. I'm surprised someone hasn't just grabbed the, like when they're fighting for a grab it and knock the bitch out, you know? You gotta wear fucking helmets trying to get this shit now. Because like if I was that insane, right? Like, if I was one of those guys that wanted to be spin the face, fucked in the ass, and told I ain't shit, I would be the type of guy to go attack these Stanley Cups and be like, give me that shit. I hate my life. Fuck you. And then, you know, knock eight bitches out with them just to feel like I'm better than some woman, you know, just to feel like I'm a man again. I could beat up some bitches, you know, maybe that's that's what these guys need. They just need to domestically abuse someone. I'm kidding. That's a terrible thing to say. What I'm saying is... Is if you want to be spit in the face, you know, you probably just need to go like, you know, fuck some shit up. Go to one of those fucking uh, electronic smashing places where you just go there, let some rage out, which is weird. We have to rent out a warehouse and make a business for people to just lose their shit and get a mallet and just fuck some electronics up, recyclable electronics. The fact that that's a real thing is crazy to me. Um... But yeah, look, I don't know. Be into what you're into. But don't take my Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. People just, you know, we just really, we are so impressed by it. It's amazing what marketing, it's amazing that the appeal of these videos of people going after and like fighting for this shit, waiting in line, the intensity has created more of an intensity, has created more of these situations than if these things were never posted to the internet, right? Or maybe if you're the company, make more fucking cups. Don't make... Because honestly, I think they want these viral sensations. So they are like, if we only have 100 cups in a store that could be had in one given day, it creates more value to it, right? It creates more urgency, it's like, uh, hey, speaking of, thanks for the, you know, the algorithm for the Andrew Schultz video, episode 255, keep it trending, but it's like uh, the Andrew Schultz thing, 
where there's this whole controversy around his infamous special they dropped in 2022 where he uh he first it was in a partnership with a production company that does like live events where he dropped the special at a certain date and it was only going to be available for two weeks. You pay for it. Like you pay for it. Okay. And then once it's off that streaming, once they take it off where, all right, once it's off, if you didn't buy in this period of time, you will never be able, you won't be able to watch it, you know, until maybe later down the line, he drops it again or something, you know, kind of like having that Disney movie model where you could only like, they only had their movies in stores, like for a small period of time a year, certain movies will only be available to be bought every couple years to create urgency that when it's out, you're going to pay whatever the fuck they charge and it creates urgency because it's a classic. It gives the illusion that the movie's more important just because it's not always available. You could buy Blade, Ra- Blade Runner number two, which is a great fucking movie with Harrison Ford, but Bambi, if you don't buy it in between November 8th and December 2nd, at any of these fucking superstores, then you're never going to watch it. You're never going to see it, right? That's how it used to be. But now everything's just available. But the whole thing with the Andrew Schultz thing is that he created the special the for two weeks. And if you bought within that two weeks, even after the two weeks where it's off the thing, you will have a link to it, quote-unquote, or you'll have it for life. Which is kind of a weird thing. Because you know links can never delete or disappear. Links can never be shared. Which is a stupid ass model. Because all you have to do if someone buys your thing. You give them a link to the special. All they would have to do is post the link on the internet. And everyone would fucking have it anyways. So that model is kind of. Unless it's a protected link. I don't know what the fuck. But whatever. But. Then. When they extended it, like, oh, actually, you know, you're going to have a couple more weeks, people, if you guys want to get it, get it now. Like, okay, so they extended it. It's kind of like when something's in movies and it's, like, only supposed to be for a month, but because it's doing so well, they're like, you know what? Let's have it in for another couple weeks. Get some extra money. Everyone wins. Someone can see it twice. People have more time to go see it. Works out for everyone. But then, literally after that month, when it finally shut off to the service they had, then two weeks later, he dropped it on YouTube. And the rationalization people were like, hey, you made it like we didn't get it then, and then now you just dropped it for free. And his rationalization, he even posted in the comment, like, the same way you guys buy a pay-per-view or whatever, it's because it's crazy. He basically just admitted that he knew the whole time he was going to drop it for free anyways, but he was going to take money in the first place. So he took someone's direct money, plus however much money he makes on YouTube. It wasn't even like a misunderstanding or they had to change plans. He's just like, yeah, that's what we did. And it may alienate people to ever buy any specials he has in the future. And they'll just wait for him to drop or they just may not. And some people made them not a fan. So maybe that's the model that the Stanley Cups are doing. Where it's like they want this havoc. They want urgency, right? And they want, uh, they're just like love bombing in a way. They purpose, like they could easily, like you can't tell me with the amount of intrigue, how much their capital is growing, how much the business is growing. They can't enhance a couple extra hundred cups in each store or extra 50 cups in each store. Like, no, because if they have too much of abundance, it doesn't create urgency doesn't create because people only really need one cup but people are hoarding cups too and if you create too many cups then people are getting too many cups just to hoard and resell so you actually do have an issue of making too many cups damn only if it was a problem like that with girls damn girl you got too many cups on you um (laughs) maybe that's a new compliment you know next time you see a girl with some nice titties be like damn you got some stanley cups on you She'll be like, and if she's like, you know, a hockey fan, she'll be like, did you just say my titties are like hockey? Um, <laughs> and be like, oh, puck. Um, <laughs> what the puck? 
But yeah, the Stanley Cups, you know. It's just kind of like, you know, you know what's weird about these Stanley Cups? I've never, I, I don't know, maybe I don't go out enough. Maybe I, I've not seen a person in real life actually have a Stanley Cup. I've not seen any of these special cups with handles. Maybe I have, and I just haven't noticed because almost every fucking girl has these same insulated, nice designed cups. So, I don't know. Maybe I have, and I just didn't notice. But the ones with these block handles, which, by the way, it's a great invention. It's actually like, the invention itself is great. But they are definitely relying on people running over each other and people disregarding human life for a cup what happened to the days of red solo cup red solo cup let's have a party um (laughs) now it's stanley cup i'll fuck you up Let's have a party. Give any bitch that wants to take my cup a concussion. Um, <laughs> these are my concussions. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess uh, hoard your cups. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I was listening to something earlier, and they say, iron, the iron never lies. And it's a reference by Henry Rollins, who is a former, well, he actually used to be in a band, right? He's like a musician, slash author, slash motivational, slash writer, author, I think I already mentioned author, you get it, he does a lot of different shit. He's a very intense guy. He's kind of like a um, more unhinged Jocko Willink. And I'm not saying because he looks like him. He's kind of like a Jocko Willink, but with like more anger. Um, he's like one of these ultra-productive, does a lot of shit. Kind of an odd dude, but in a good way. And I was listening to something earlier where some reference essay he wrote a while ago where it had to do with the iron never lies and it literally is about weightlifting right but it's not just about weightlifting like basically in this essay or whatever he's kind of saying that if you like the progression of when you build a stronger body typically your weaker mind will subside because your weak mind won't have enough space to exist. So literally, your body is a reflection on how strong or weak your mind is. It doesn't mean you can't be jacked, lift 600 pounds, and be weak-minded. And it doesn't mean you can be 150 pounds, you know, look like you've been starving in the desert for eight years. And you can't be strong-minded because what you had to do is survive in a desert for eight years. You had to be very strong-minded. And someone that could go in an air-conditioned gym for five years and lift consistently doesn't necessarily mean they're strong-minded. But the intangibles of everything that comes with building a stronger body, of building the literal and the non-literal or... Is it literal? Yeah. Building the literal and non-literal calluses. I feel like there's a better term for that. I just can't think of it. Can't be can't be masked, right? And that's what we saying, like the iron never lies. Um, iron will expose weakness. Because someone can get strong without iron. But in the real world, when shit hits the fan... You're going to have to swing by a tree branch. You're going to have to have callous hands to be able to deal with the tree branch, right? Um, and it reminds me, because I actually I had this dream, right? Where I was boxing one-handed. And I was thinking, like, if I had to box one-handed for my life against someone else I was boxing one-handed, 
would I be fucked? Um, <laughs> and maybe, because I had this weird, here's crazy conspiracy Clint overthinking version. Is I think I had this dream of me having the box one-handed. Because it was a form of me running from half of myself, right? I know. It's about to get really weird here. So, the thing is, and it was with my dominant hand, my right hand. So, obviously, me not having my left hand, it's okay because it's my weaker hand. It's my less, you know, physically imposing. It's my less... It doesn't have as much speed as my right. It's not as efficient, blah, blah, blah. And it was, there was a comfort I felt there because I'm in my strong mind. I'm in my strong suit, right? Where earlier in the dream, I had to lift something and save someone who's off a cliff. Kind of like a scene from The Lion King with my left hand and my left hand was weak, was weak, was not strong enough to be able to hold them up. So I couldn't hold on. I held on for dear life and they slipped out of my hands and I watched them splatter to the ground, right? Damn, this is getting kind of deep and dark. But the callus of that previous event, realizing how weak I can be when I was in my strongest state, which was boxing with my right hand. I actually felt more comfortable because I knew I'll be all right on this side of the fence, right? So in that term, the iron never lies, you know, kind of like Iron Mike. Um, <laughs> it's ironic, huh? Uh, nope, just me. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's a great uh it's a great simple philosophy of that whole dream. You know, it seems like a random ass dream. Now obviously there's a story set behind it. I don't know every detail, but I was there, I dreamt it. But they always say your dreams are always what you're subconsciously thinking of what you're worrying about at that moment in your life, right? So I feel like the dream was a reflection. Of me seeing the consequences of not strengthening my weaknesses in my life, right? That person falling by me not being to hold them up with my left hand. And they fell off this weird-ass, random-ass cliff in this story. You know, it's amazing how there's just random shit that exists in stories to tell to make sure that your story is confirmed. Um... <laughs> And how your strengths, how com and it's a reminder of how comfortable you feel because in the dream you're like a third person point of view. You literally see your face. You see your body from a distance, like it's a movie. Most time you're not like in a dream. Sometimes in dreams you have that first person POV where it's like you're the one running, blah blah blah, looking through your eyes. But in some cases, it's like you're watching a movie and you're watching yourself. And it's weird because in the scene or in the part where the person fell out of my hand on the left hand, I was in the first person point of view where I'm directly looking at this person that I can't hold. And that emotional trauma, the feeling and anxiousness you feel, the defeat, the weakness of yourself, I felt personal because it was first person point of view. And then in the scene where I'm boxing right handed, it's from... A third person point of view, I see my whole body, my whole stance. I see everything like if you were a bird's eye point of view watching someone. And I feel like my dream subconsciously did it because they wanted me to directly feel my weakness. But from a distance, see my strength. So I don't have the personal attachment to my strength. Because sometimes we feel too good about ourselves when we feel our strengths and it overrides what we feel is a weakness. And then I directly felt the weakness because when you don't have to attack your weakness every day, when it doesn't come to play, we typically avoid it. And so we're not constantly working on your weakness and stuff like that. 
there has to be reminders of what that will feel like. If what happens if you don't address these weaknesses in real time. Now, it's a reflection of direct strength in these instances, but it's a. I feel like our mind and our dreams give us very visuals of what we truly feel in the back of our head. Now, what are the weaknesses of mine? I haven't done that deep of discovery. I mean, we all know what our weaknesses and strengths are to an extent, but we have blind spots. And I think my subconscious did it in this instance because it wanted me to see how people view what it looks like when we are at our strongest. Like It it wanted to give me a point of view of when I'm at my strongest, how... You know how uh how pleasantly it looks. Um, <laughs> no, but when you are at your strongest and your strength, when you are at your most comfort, how that looks from the outside, and it's a good look, you know, um, because it's like you being in control of something. You put in time and practice, and you're in your best state. But in this simulation or this figurative way. The left hand situation where someone fell out of my hand, right? And I couldn't hold them up. The whole thing is not about direct physical strength. I really think it's a when we know we have real bad weaknesses in ourselves, when we think that our strengths can override it, the ramifications of being in our weakest state of mind or in our weakest times that we can easily be taken advantage of. How we feel in our weakest of moments when we fail is a lot worse than when we succeed in our strongest states that we are the most confident in. As, or maybe it's even. Like, it's the same feeling, but an opposite feeling. You know what I mean? Like, it's like the extreme high of when you're good and the goddamn extreme low. So, I don't know. I think those subconscious dreams you have, when you think about it through the day, you really start connecting like, what, what, what am I really trying to say to myself? And, uh, well, I said it. I just said it to you guys. First time I actually put it out in that deep description type of shit. But, you know what? It's that good, good stuff. Um... Yeah, you know, that those dreams, dreams are, you know, I, I don't know where I heard. I think they say dreams are the portal. What is it? Dream, your dreams are more times than not. Sometimes they're random as fuck and they mean nothing. I do believe that because I've had dreams of like, what the fuck is that? This is some of the dumbest shit ever. Like, why am I like Tarzan going through the jungle? You know, hoo, hoo, hoo. Um, why do I have a friend that's a bear? Um, that ain't my brother bear. Get it? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you go to a spa, you might have a brother bear. Huh? Get it? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe it's like R. Kelly said. Maybe it really is when you touch a dream. Uh, my body's calling. All right. Uh, but I don't know. You know, maybe that's how R. Kelly wrote his music. Since he couldn't write music down, whatever he dreamt, he just recited that. You know, he's like he had a dream about you know bumping and grinding with the girl. He's just he woke up. He's I don't see nothing wrong. Um, <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, these. And also, I don't know if you guys have tried it. This is a real thing. If, if anyone, it doesn't have to be directly in here, but falling asleep, listening to something. And if you are close enough, if the volume is close enough to your ears, you might actually start living. And it may be like, infiltrating into your dream like the words they're saying in your dream or a podcast you're listening to or music you're listening to. I went to dream I went to sleep last night listened to an old Joe Rogan episode with Mark Norman 
And I woke up listening to Nickelback, Gotta Be Somebody. As I was coming out of the boxing scene, like the motivational part, like Rocky, boom, boom, where I was, you know, knocking bitches out left and right, you know, to, you know, get my grant to leave this weird ass island. Um, as I was knocking bitches out, you know, I woke up to Nickelback. You gotta be somebody. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, I see how this dream connected. Um, <laughs> nothing made sense, but. I don't know. I think I'm getting too deep into this dream stuff. Oh, it's a spirit in the making. <laughs> All right. But you got to have that young man spirit. Sphere. And I love me some drinks. And uh, <laughs> shout out to Serenade, the best battle rapper of all time. Tater tots, huh? By the way, I did just have some great seasoned tater tots. Let me also give an unsponsored shout-out somewhere. I'm going to give an unsponsored shout-out to this place nearby where I live called The Morning Shift. And at nighttime, it turns into The Night Shift. They have some of the best consistent quality food. And the guy is a really cool guy, the owner. And we eat there, you know, me and my lovely lady... We at least go. There. We at least get something for there once a week on a Friday night. I'll pick up a pizza, or now they have these burgers, which we had one tonight, which were really damn good. But all I'm gonna say is the place is in Georgia. I'm not gonna give the location. You know, I don't want to blow up the spot, and you know they have like a line out the door. You know, because I know the, uh, I know the mass appeal I have. Um, <laughs> but no, I really just don't want to give away my location. Not yet. Not until I could afford the security to give away my location. Uh, so, but yeah, it's a great, uh, it's a great, it's a great spot, you know. Uh, shout out to the morning shift and the night shift. Yeah, it's like a brunch pizza place at nighttime. It's a really, I like these top. It has a very like collegey type lounge vibe when you go there there's no real tvs there which is kind of like you may think oh there's no tvs there but if you were you could it's like one of those places you can go and legitimately get some real food and they have a soda fountain machine they have different types of drinks you know they do have alcohol there shit i might go there relax there and just get alcohol one day get some wine go there on a saturday work on my podcast and shit you know, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, a uh, bubbly of time. So, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know why. I just thought of my next weekend. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, sometimes, you know, w- when you're someone that likes to work on stuff. And people, like, say, oh, people that work on stuff in public. Well, I don't just work at home. It's like, because working at home sucks. Like, being in the same environment. When you don't have a real office, when you're just working on your kitchen countertop, you know, sometimes it's good just to go somewhere and get a different atmosphere to work on stuff. It's not because someone needs to be seen that they're working on stuff. Like, I understand the, uh, what is it called, the uh, assumption or the stereotype of, oh, the guy who's writing his movie script at the same coffee shop for 12 years, or the guy who's always working on something big, but... Sometimes people just like going to the same places because it brings a comfort of environment to be out in the world and not be isolated while you're doing the isolated work. Sometimes it's good to balance like, yeah, I'm doing this very independent, isolated work that matters to no one else but me. But I'm out in the world where, you know, a lot of other people are feeling isolated too. But we're all just the presence of a normal human population, the way the world's supposed to be, the way humans are supposed to be around each other. I don't think it's a crazy thing. But, you know, gotta make some people feel uncomfortable. Alright guys, and with that being said, for some reason my battery's dying closer and closer every fucking time I do an episode. But yeah. That was episode 258, the Off Me podcast with Clint Nelson. I'm your host, Clint Nelson. Don't forget to like, follow, comment, subscribe, hit the notification bell, most support ladies and gentlemen. 
Don't forget to suck some titties. Yipperoo. Suck it till the milk's dry. And uh, go, go, you know, go buy some Magic Mind. Help the boy out. It's a sponsor. And uh, suck some titties. Yeah. And drink 18 drinks a day.